0: Good morning everyone. It is Sunday morning. It is raining. But we are here live at Salawar Bible Church to give fellowship, to have fellowship with one another in our vehicles, but also to give honor and praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who reigns on the throne, who is our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. He is our Savior. So let us join together this morning. Tune in to FM 91.7 on your radio station. familiar song to our Solid Word congregation. We know that there's nobody greater than Jesus. I climbed up to
1: the highest mountain, looked all around, couldn't find nobody. Went down to the deepest valley, looked all around down there couldn't find nobody i went across the deep blue sea couldn't find one to compare to your grace your love your mercy nobody greater nobody greater than you star over couldn't find nobody I looked high and low still couldn't find nobody nobody greater nobody greater nobody greater than me star over couldn't find Nobody I looked high and low Still couldn't find Nobody Nobody Greater Nobody greater Nobody Greater than you Searched all over Couldn't find Nobody Holy One, You are the Great I
2: Am Awesome in all Your ways And mighty in
1: Your hand You are He who carried out The petition's plan You are He who carried out The petition's plan Searched all over Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low Still couldn't find nobody Nobody
2: greater
1: Nobody greater Nobody greater than you Searched all over Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody, nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Searched all over, searched all over, nobody greater than you. nobody greater nobody greater nobody greater
2: than you nobody greater
0: Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. There's nobody greater, nobody more wonderful, nobody more merciful and gracious and kind and loving. He's our protector, our provider. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. There's nobody greater than you.
3: Good morning, solid word, and to all those who are watching us online on our live stream, I thank our sister Melanie Terrell for leading us in that worship. There is no one like God. And as a matter of fact, that leads us so well this morning into what I want us to look at and to turn to. I hope that in all that is going on and in all that is happening in your life, in your world, that you are remembering that there is no one like him. As as we are looking for leaders to do things that are right, and we should, as we are looking for injustice to cease, and we should, as we are looking for justice to reign, and we should, we must remember there is no one like God on our best day Man is still sinful. In our best ways, man still comes short. When we are doing it the way that we should, we still mess up. So the bottom line for you and I is to understand, although we work with man and although we have expectations of and from man, although that is the case, there is no one like him. And so this morning, we're going to just have a time of prayer. And then I want to read our scripture today, 10 verses. We'll be looking at the 146th division of the Psalms. um, As I want to bring us sometimes in these, as I like to call them, summer refreshing from the Psalms. And this one is more of, it is an encouragement It is a command and it is a teaching as well as an encouragement. Um, And we're going to look at that this morning as well. And what I'm desirous of is that you allow the Lord to settle your hearts, to direct your life, and for him to continue to have control over you as we walk these difficult times and in these difficult ways, and that we continue to have as our highest priority to honor Him in all of who we are and all of what we do. Thank you guys for being here, and for those that are not, thank you guys for watching. Um, we want to continue to worship. We thank God that even in spite of the weather, that we can still be able to come, that we can be here, that we can see one another through the car window, that. Those of you that are here and are looking at the cars next to you, yes, you might have your windows up because it's raining. You know what? We can still fellowship. (laughs) We can still fellowship with the eye look. We can still glance over and give someone the amen with our eyes. And if it's really good, you can honk your horn. Just don't go crazy with it. But the issue is today, there you go. I'm just glad that we can worship together regardless of the weather. Join with me in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that today is the day that you've made. Father, regardless of what the environment is like, it is still one in which you have allowed us to live and to flourish. Father, we know this is a season of crisis in so many ways and yet you have not stepped off the throne. You have not decided to relinquish control. You have not thrown your hands up in the air and have given up. Father, instead, what you have done is that you have done what you've always done, and you've continued to be the God whose plans will continue to go and to flourish and to be strong in the rain. Father, your reign is forever. It continues and it continues and it continues. And so we thank you, God, that you are the one that's on the throne. We thank you today that we can fellowship. Father, that even though we've had to have creative ways to gather together, we can still gather together. It is not illegal for us to worship you. And so we thank you for that ability to worship. And Father, even as we move forward in caution, I just pray that we would continue to worship. Lord, I thank you this morning, God, for how you have strengthened us and have blessed us as a people and as a local fellowship. Thank you, Lord, for those that have continued to support this ministry, and thank you, Lord, for those that continue, Lord, to to work and walk in your ways and to pray for this ministry. We thank you for that. And, Father, we pray that you would continue, O God, to help us to continue to look forward, O God, to walking in you, standing strong. I pray, God, that we would be unafraid to walk in your ways regardless of what society is or is not saying. Father, today we commit ourselves to you. I pray, God, that as we hear your word, Lord, that it would not just be some good sermon, but it would be words to live by. Father, that you would open our hearts and our minds. Father, that you would give us insight. Lord, that you would help us to see where you are leading, to see where you are directing, to understand what you are saying. And thus, Lord, to represent you the way that you want to be represented. God, I pray this morning that all we do speaks of you and brings honor and glory to you. So as we learn today, speak to our hearts, open our minds, strengthen us in our spirits, that we would be bold to walk and to serve you. We ask you this in Christ's name. Amen. As I said, if you would turn with me to the 146th Division of the Psalms, we're gonna read it through, and then we're gonna jump in, and my text and my title for today will be Trust God and Not Man. Now, I know when we say that it is a generalization, but I'll get into saying more about that as we start, but it is Trust God and Not Man. Of course, you know that I'm reading from the English Standard Version. You can read with me as we go along. And it reads as thus Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When the breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. As we look at this and as you, one of the things that I want you to notice is that this psalm begins and it ends with the phrase, praise the Lord. And so as you've heard me say before, what you have here is what is called an inclusio, which means everything in between is to help emphasize the fact that you and I are to praise the Lord. And so we get these bookends. Praise the Lord. He's going to give you all the reasons why. He's going to give you encouragement as to why you should. He's going to direct you and point you in the way that you should. And then he's going to end reminding you of what he started with. Praise the Lord. Now, there's another thing about this 146th Psalm. This is the first of the last five, which we are ending the whole book in this crescendo, if you want, of just being directed to praise God. These last five Psalms are leading into this focus of nothing but true and warranted praise of God himself. And so what he wants us to understand, what he wants us to see when he tells us to praise the Lord is that he is leading up to this end in the 150th Psalm where we see and where we, where we hear, let everything that has breath, let every breathing thing praise God. And so as he starts this, as, as he starts his close, as he starts his end, we begin to see the focus. Number one is a call to Praise. He is calling the community together just like we would. Just like when we started here, it was a call to worship. And the first thing he says is a phrase that sometimes I think we use and don't understand the gravity of the word. In essence, what he says is, hallelujah. That's what he starts off saying. Praise the Lord. I know many times we like saying that. Because it is, it is this way in which we focus our attention on God. But what it really means is that for you to boast about, to shine a light on, that's praise, God and who he is. That's why I have a problem with a lot of our praise songs that talk about us and all that God can do for us and all that he can give us. Because that's not praise for God. That sounds like praise for man. But when you and I get to the point where we boast about God, you know how you boast about the people that you love, the places that you go, that restaurant that you ate about, you speak well of, you boast, you, 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 you praise, you do all those things. And in here, what he is saying is shine a light on, put the spotlight on, boast about, brag about God. What do you want him to brag about God about? His character, who he is. And so he says, in, when he gives us this call to praise, he is leading the community into boasting about Yahweh. And here's what he wants you to do. It is about his person and his character. Because the word of God gives us enough reason. If you feel that you don't have enough reason to praise God, I would suggest that you go back to the word of God and you open up and you begin to read just a few verses or maybe read some chapters, scan the pages of scripture and you're going to find reason to boast about God. So he calls the community together and he doesn't say, let's let's get our groove on, let's get our music on, let's get our dance on. He says, let's boast about God as a community. Let me ask you, when was the last time you boasted about God? What about him did you boast about? What was it? Was it just that he gave you something you wanted? Or did you go a little deeper and you talked about his character regardless of what you have or don't have? The issue becomes when I look to boast, praise, shine a light on, highlight, emphasize, God or Yahweh or the covenant making and the covenant keeping God when I do that it doesn't change him it doesn't even change necessarily what's around me doesn't change the atmosphere it changes me and when I'm changed everything and everyone that I deal with gets the benefit of that change and so let's start off the right way let's Hallelujah, Let's praise the Lord. And so then he goes into in this call to praise, he calls the community together, but then he goes and says, I'm going to make a personal commitment and he's speaking as someone that is leading the community. And there are some that believe here that he's actually speaking for the community. And what he's doing in that is that he is saying, listen, I'm going to lead by example. And in essence, he wants them to follow. And so he says, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. He makes a personal commitment that boasting about God will be a lifelong pursuit. See, this is not just boasting about God when you got that new thing that you've always wanted. Or when, or when things are working favorable for you. Or when you got the new job. Or when some good highlight happened in your life. This lifelong commitment implies that whether it's up or down, whether it's a highlight or whether it's a low light, that you are making a personal commitment that as long as you live, you will boast about God. Remember, the title of this is Trusting God and Not Man. When you trust and depend on God, he will always give you a reason to boast you just may not see it as a reason. You may not even think it's a good reason. But if you see it from God's perspective, that holy comes down to sinful, that that pure comes to impure, that perfect comes to totally imperfect, you will begin to boast throughout your life. Yeah, you may be going through a hard season right now. You may have lost a lot. You may see things pressing in on you, but does that change the character of God? It may change how you view God, and I would say you need to gain the right perspective and the right view of God that will help you to see him as he is and not see him through the lenses of your situation. I had someone once tell me, never, never... Never confirm or never look at the love of God based on just based on what is currently happening to you. Because sometimes that'll look good. It'll look like God really loves you. And sometimes it'll look like he's forgotten you. He said, if you want to look at how much God loves you, and I've said this before to this fellowship, to this group, if you want to see how much God loves you, always take a look at the cross. Because it's where scripture tells us that God demonstrates his love towards us. This is how, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the issue of God's love is not based on what's happening to you at any given moment. You may be riding high and feel like, boy, God really loves me. His love is no more stronger for you when you are riding high, when you are, I mean, uh, uh, and, uh, as when or when you are going through the lowest low that your life could ever experience. His love is the same. And so he says, I will praise the, long as, the Lord as long as I live, personal commitment. But then he says, I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Well, what's the difference between that? He says, as long as I live, God's getting my praise. But I'm going to have a melody in my heart to God while I am able, while I am going around. What he is saying is, as I am out and about, as I still have the ability to be mobile, as I have the ability to go around, part of my going around will mean that I will be one who sings out the praises of God do people experience that with you? Do people experience you as a praiser or do they experience you as a complainer? Do they experience you as one who boasts about God or do they experience you as one who boasts about yourself? When people hear you as you go about, is is it always about you and about what you've done and about what you've accomplished and about what you're looking forward to doing or, or, Is it about boasting about God has given you ability, about what God has allowed you to do, about what God is doing in your life and how he's using you, about how you are honoring him with your life? Trust God and not man. It starts off with a call to praise and then he shifts gears. He gives an interesting way in which he is in encouraging the believer. He is encouraging the follower of God to praise God. He goes into a mode that people back then would understand. And we have to translate that into today. He says it like this. Verse three, and it's a call for a properly placed trust. We move from now a call to praise to a call to a properly placed trust. Once your heart is in the right place, once your praise has the right object, once your focus has the right perspective, then you can have the right place for your trust. Here's what he says. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perished. Now, we have to understand what do we mean by trust, because I'm not saying that you should not have any confidence or that you should not have any expectation of mankind. There is an expectation that we should have. There is a human decency that should be there. There There is an expectation based on what has been stated or what should be expected of people and play, I mean, in, in places and positions around us. But we also understand that we always fall short. And so although we should have some expectations and we should hold people accountable for those expectations, that, that, that our total and our ultimate reliance upon for our rescue, for our well-being, for who we are in life for our purpose in life cannot rest with man it cannot and in this environment today we have to understand that god wants to take us beyond the expectations of man and the rest our hope and our help on him so here's what he says put not your trust in princes So that trust, that ultimate relying on and that ultimate confidence in must be in God. Now, yes, we do have an actual trust. You should trust, you should have a confidence and trust in me that I'm going to lead honoring God and and that I'm going to preach honoring God and I'm going to share his word honoring him. You should have that expectation knowing that I could fall short at times. You should have that expectation. But if your ultimate expectation for that in life is on me, let me just help you out. I'm going to disappoint you. If your ultimate expectation of what you're relying on for life stops with me, you're in trouble. If the only ace in the hole you have, if the greatest connection you have, if your network only consists of man and woman, you're in trouble. Because I'm just here to let you know, at some point, somebody is going to disappoint. They're going to frustrate. They're going to cause stress. You're going to be confused by their behavior. You are not going to want to accept how they're acting. But God says, that's not the case with me. So he says, do not put your trust in princes. And here what he's talking about is, human leadership understand back at this time there were not elected officials these were people that came into power by family royalty or by military taking over and royalty and so now what you have here is he says human leadership cannot be your ultimate confidence get that please help that today he's not saying don't have any confidence He's saying don't have ultimate confidence in humanity. And and then here's what he says. He gives you the reason why. He says do not ultimately trust in human leadership. Why? He says there's no salvation in them. There's no complete deliverance. They may do some good things for you, and they should. They may help you out well, and they should. But the ultimate deliverance, the ultimate rescue, the ultimate satisfaction that you're looking for, you will never find in a person looking just like you and I. As a matter of fact, in your cars or on your TV or online, the person that may be next to you that you're looking at, that person next to you can bring some satisfaction. But let me help you, ultimately, they're not going to satisfy. Ultimately, they're going to fall short. I know we like to feel that we're the best thing since sliced bread, but God is here to remind us we're going to fail people at some point in time. And so what he says is, do not put your trust in princes or in human leadership. Hold them to the fire, you better. Hold them accountable for what is right. Yes, you should. Stand up and push against evil and against darkness and against injustice and, and against injustice. you better. But my trust is not in them. My trust is in the one who can change them, the one who can govern their hearts, the one that can deal with their hearts, the one that can set them free. That's what the Lord has. And so he says, do not put your trust. Why? Because they cannot rescue. They cannot bring deliverance. Then he goes a little further in the verse four, just in case you still think that there could be some hope, ultimate hope in him. Here's what he reminds us. And it takes us back to Genesis 319, when God tells man after he sins what's going to happen. And if you turn there, um, it says that, he says, by the sweat of your brow or by the sweat of your face, will you shall toil until you return to the earth from which you came, because you are dust, and to dust you shall return. What the psalmist here is reminding us of the people that we may put our ultimate trust in human leadership, he says, verse 4, when his breath departs. Notice that that text doesn't say if his breath departs. There isn't a man alive who is not going to have his breath that is going to cease one day. He says to you and I, look at this. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. In other words, he's reminding you that that human leader is dust just like you are. And just like you... The richest, the most powerful, the most influential, the most evil, the most upright is going to return to dust. And so that's the reminder. Why don't I put my ultimate trust in human leadership? Because he or she is going to die just like I am. It's going to end for them just like it will for me. That they are prone to sickness just like I am. They are prone to a virus just like I am. They are prone to things going wrong just like I am. They are prone to someone overpowering them because they don't have ultimate power. They are prone to be in position and out of position. They are prone to all the things that every man is prone to. And then he says on that very day their plans perish. Let me take you through just a few things with that. He talks about the breath of man, and that word in Hebrew is ruah, the ruah of man, and we're going to see later the ruah, the breath of God. And so what he's comparing is the breath of man, temporary, the breath of God, life-giving and eternal. Remember, because in the beginning, whenever God formed man, he then breathed in him his breath the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the breath of God depends on no one and no thing, and it actually gives life. The breath of man came from God, but it will cease one day. God is trying to help us out by giving us a perspective of man that will help keep us in the proper position. He says to us, there is no human leader that will exceed that. So the breath of man, it will cease, The destiny of man is to return to the dust of the earth. The plans of man will cease on the day he stops breathing. All of what he was pressing, pushing, connecting for, that he was using his or her power for and strength for, ends the day he dies. He says those three things, the breath of man, the destiny of man, and the plans of man will all end. So he is saying, so by implication, and the answer is, don't ultimately trust them. God says, trust me. But then also what is understood here in this text and how it is written, what is understood is this. That man cannot be trusted to stand in for the vulnerable at all times, because that's these next verses we're going to see. He says, the reason I want you to trust me above man, and the reason I want you to trust me to work on man and to sway man, we should be talking to God about man as we deal with man, God says, because ultimately we can't be trusted to always do what's right. And God, by implication, is saying, but I can. And I can work on people and on hearts to do what's right. God still works through human agents. And he works on the hearts of those that will be obedient. But the day that there are those that will be disobedient, God knows how to remove them. He knows how to get them out the way. He knows how to cause their reign to end. Or, for some, he knows how to cause their breath to end. And what God is telling you and I is ultimately trust me, not them. Ultimately, speak to me about what's happening in life as you speak to them. And then he goes on in the next one. And he gives us the why not to trust in human leadership, but then he gives us why to trust in God. Blessed is he, verse 5, whose help is the God of Jacob. And you're reminded here of that of of that man that God made a covenant with and and I'm glad they used Jacob and not Israel this was his pre-change name this is when he was a manipulator this he was a deceiver this when he was a con artist he says the God of Jacob the one who delivered and saved Jacob the one who set him straight the one who got him in the place where he should be uh, as imperfect as he was He says, blessed is the one, he says, blessed is is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And understand, trust God because he wants to be both your help and your hope. Um, Help because we need it. Boy, didn't Jacob need it. The manipulator, the one who always tried to work things out just for his way, the one who always just looked out for himself, the one who was always trying to find a way to con something and uh, and to try and fix it by another con. He says, I was his help to get him straight. And he says, blessed is the one whose God is the same God that Jacob had who was able to change him. So your help is in the God who deals with sinners and changes them. And then your hope is in the one who makes a covenant with you, even though you bring nothing to the table. And so we understand that, that God is both our help because we are helpless, and he's our hope because we are hopeless. And because of that, he says, this is why, first, one of the reasons you should trust God. He knows your helpless, hopeless state, and he still wants you. He still accepts you. He still desires you, and he wants to change you. And he's the only one that can change the heart of man. And so, not only is your help and hope in God, he says that, that, that he is the one that you can trust and depend on. Why? Look at what he says. Verse 6 says, Who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. Let me just stop here for a second. When he goes to the one who made heaven and earth, what he wants you to see, when you look at man, you see someone who was given a breath and whose breath one day will end. But then he compares man with God who is both creator and sustainer. The one who made heaven and earth and the seas. And when they talk about the seas, Usually it is this untamed power, this raw force that can wreak havoc on the earth. So when in Bible times you see the seas mentioned and God controlling it, God controls that which man cannot control and tame. And so he says he made the heaven and earth and he controls the sea and everything in the earth he made. And so he's comparing. Who do you want to trust? The one who depends on someone else for his breath? And one day will still lose it, no matter what he does? Or the one who made everything around you I mean you and everything around you and the environment that you're sitting on, the ball in space that we're sitting on. Who are you going to ultimately trust in? And then he says, who keeps faith, or that word really means who remains faithful forever. Now remember I said man cannot be trusted to be faithful forever at all times. We are called to be faithful during our life, but we know it's an imperfect faithfulness. We know that it's not a faithfulness in which um, we will be perfect at. But God says, but for me, I'm perfect. I will always be faithful to my word. I will always accomplish what my plans are. I will always do what I've promised, even though it may seem like I'm not. Even though it may take longer than you expect, I will do it. And so now he says to us, he is also faithful, and here it is, forever. There is never a time when God is unfaithful. There is never a time when God is unfaithful. Yes, even when you think he is, even when you're mad at him because he hasn't answered the way that you want it, even when you try and point to In ways and instances where you think God was unfaithful, know that he's not. It's just that you don't see it like God wants you to see it. And so, not only is God to be trusted because he is your help and your hope, and he is the creator who gave and sustains life, and he is the one who is is firm in truth forever, listen to this, he does... What man fails at doing. And what is that? He executes justice for the oppressed who gives food to the hungry. You have to understand this. In the times of oppression, God wants to remind those who are trusting in him that he is not blind to oppression, that he deals with it in his time. Yes, he uses people, so we need to get at it. Honoring God in how we fight against sin that's out there, yes. As we fight against the sin in our own lives, yes. But God says, understand my character. He says, I execute, bring about complete justice. When God needs to pull the cover off something, he will. When God needs to have someone mistakenly record themselves and indict themselves He knows how to allow that to happen. When God pulls off the cover and lets people be seen for who they are, when God reveals people that like to proclaim that they're following Christ and they're not, when God uncovers that which we think we've got covered, God says, I execute justice for the oppressed. Remember, trust God, not man. Then he says, not only that, he says, the Lord sets me, he who gives food to the hungry. I'm concerned about the daily needs. He's, but God, there are people that are going hungry. But he says, when I give to the hungry, even as I use you, I am doing it. And sometimes God is calling us to do it, and we don't in disobedience. And so he says, the Lord sets the prisoners free those that are bound by sin, those that are bound by addictions, those that are bound by ideologies, and those that are bound even unjustly. God says he sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. And again, this is shades going back to the book of Isaiah. It says the Lord lifts up those who are Bow down do you feel like you have the burden of the world of society of life of people on you God says I lift you up if you allow yourself to be lifted but it's God's way it's by God's word it's by his power God says my children don't have to stay down even though they may feel the weight of sin from society on them they don't stay down it says the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down and then the Lord loves the righteous. I like this, the reason that you trust God is because if you are committed to living righteously, if, that, if you are committed to living by his word, understand that the love of God is on you. Even, I'll go back again, even if it seems like it's not, you've got to believe it. You've got God said, I'm trustworthy, I can be trusted, I hold on to the truth forever, and he says that I love the righteous. And so a call for a properly placed trust, your help and hope is in the God who keeps his covenants. Your, 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 your trust is in the creator who gave and sustains life. Your trust is in the one who holds firm to truth forever. Your trust is in the one who executes justice for the vulnerable and then you understand that your trust is in the one who can be trusted for the ones that man sometimes will not stand up for. I want you to see, we've seen on several occasions as I've preached over the weeks the character of God and we see it throughout scripture. I've read from Job I've, I've, I've read from the Psalms, I've read from Ruth I've I've read from different places, and all of them, you see the same thing. God is concerned with the oppressed. God is concerned with, as we'll see later on down here, the sojourner, translated today, the immigrant. God is concerned with the widow, with the fatherless, with the orphan, with the helpless. We see it over and over and over again. When do we get it? It is critical to the character of God that we are people that are concerned with the things that he is concerned with. Those that don't have a voice. Yes, unborn children are included in that as well. Yes, those who don't have a voice to stand up for themselves are included in uh are included in that as well. Those that cannot stand up because they don't have people supporting them. Those that cannot rise up because they don't have people around them. Those that cannot stand up because they haven't even been born yet. God says all of them, all of them, have equal importance before the Lord. And He stands up and says know my character i am the one who stands behind them in support so then he can also be trusted at the end to deal with the wicked at the end of verse nine let me just read verse nine the lord watches over the sojourners he upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin and i know sometimes We have those people in mind that we think are the wicked, and they usually don't include us. We have our version of who the wicked is. But understand that God is the one who determines who is the wicked, and here, the one who does not trust in God is included in that. The one that does not see God for who he is and how he has revealed himself is the wicked. He says, the one who doesn't value me as ultimately valuable is the one that doesn't see me as I want to be seen. But he says, those that oppose me, those that go against me and my character, listen, he says, he will bring them to ruin. He will cause them to be destroyed. He will cause their plans to cease. He may even cause their life to end. Bottom line, God says, trust in me because I know how to handle and help the oppressed, And those that don't have a voice but on the other hand i also know how to handle evildoers i don't need you to take matters into your own hands i don't need you to deal with them or to cause them to cease god says i got them you just honor me in how i call you to act in the world how i call you to stand for righteousness And for justice and he goes I will make sure evildoers if they don't change if they don't repent are brought to ruin we see it all the time the rise and fall of power the rise and fall of people the rise and fall of nations the rise and fall the rise and fall we see it all the time God knows how to bring down the wicked and so We saw a call to praise, a call for properly placed trust, and then lastly, as we close this out, a promise of God's reign remaining. Here's why you should trust him. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. He is telling us God doesn't get old. This is not some fad for just your parents. This is not something for just this time. This is not something that was for the 20th century and is not really good for the 21st and forget it in the 22nd if there is one. God is saying that He is from generation to generation, He reigns and He will continue to. And so, with that in mind, since you know that His breath will not end, that His plans will not perish, that, who, that, that he will always hold on the truth and that he will forever stand and reign as perfect, trust him, trust him. And he ends with how he started, praise the Lord. If you don't have enough reason by the time we finish this one Psalm to praise the Lord, I'm not sure what's going to encourage you to do that. This morning, as you are hearing the words of this scripture, My question to you is, do you have enough reason now to trust Him? Do you have enough reason now to allow yourself to rest in who God is? And that as you act, and that as you move forward, and as you work, and that as you push, it is out of the character of God, and it is within the Word of God. Trust Him. Trust God and not man let's pray father thank you so much O lord that you have given us every reason to trust you number one you made us and everything around us what we see what we hear what we have god you have done it and father we thank you that even as we look at the change in the season that we look at the rain today that's coming down god you have done it you have allowed it you have brought it Father, as we see creation all around, as we hear birds, as we, as we see all that you have done, as we see the beauty of our surrounding, we realize you've done it, but we also realize that sin does exist in this world, and we see its effects. And Lord, it saddens our hearts and it hurts us, Lord, even as it's in our own life. And God, but as we keep our eyes on you, it helps us to deal with the effects of the sin that we have caused. Lord I pray that we have the proper perspective Lord that we answer the call to worship by praising you Father that we answer the call and properly place, place our trust in you and not man And Father then I pray that we that we that we understand we accept and that we believe God that your promise for you reigning forever is true And because of that I pray that we would trust you we would rely on you we would lean on you, we would have confidence ultimately in you. Yes, Lord, we have expectations of humans. We have expectations of our leaders. We have expectations of the people around us in and outside of our homes. But, Father, ultimately, we are pleading with you to deal with us. Strengthen us, O God, as we leave from here today. In Christ's name, amen. And so this morning as we end it, I pray that you go encouraged. Encouraged to trust God. Encouraged to get into your word afresh. Learn more about the character of God so it can settle your heart. As you deal with our sinful society, deal with it from a position of strength, not of hopelessness. Deal with it from a position of knowing whom your help is not from helplessness. Deal with it, although knowing that your breath one day will end, knowing that the one who gave you breath will cause you to live on forever. And so this morning, I pray that you leave trusting God and not man. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. Next week, we will be live streaming. We will not be here in the parking lot. Uh, because of the holiday weekend, but I will be live streaming on that day. And so just enjoy the week. Enjoy the holiday week. And until we see you again, look for some more information coming as we look to move toward inside. We're not moving fast, but we are moving. We will have more information for you. Um, But look for new information, fellowship, talk with, encourage one another properly, and with good social distancing. God bless you.